Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 Podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Joining me, Chris Nee, Bob Ferrante in person, and a very special guest, Josh Newberg. Josh, say hi. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're bringing uh, Juice Newberg on. Oh, that sounds bad. Juice, like like orange juice, on to talk <laughs> to talk about uh, coaching rumors, because if you guys haven't heard, uh, there's some stuff going down. So uh, Josh brought you on because you've had pretty good scoop the last couple days and want to get your thoughts on, I guess, Fill in the listeners, I guess maybe who haven't read it in the past 24 hours, what you've been hearing, and uh, as of this morning, Monday morning, we're recording the podcast, what, what you're hearing now. Yeah, man, it's been busy. I don't even know what day it is right now. Uh, the last just said 24 hours have been just nonstop with the phone and, and everything. So what day was it that we kind of set the table when we let the readers know that this A&M stuff was you know worth keeping an eye on? Was that... Was, I don't even know. It was the day before, day, day before or after Thanksgiving. Friday? I can't remember. It was either Wednesday or Friday of last week. Right. The days okay, are so, kind of blurring together. Yeah. Yeah. It, with the holidays and everything. But yeah, so on Sunday night, which would have been last night, we reported that Texas A&M had made an offer and the ball was in Jimbo's court. So he does know what day it is now. Yeah. I know what yesterday was. Uh, so really, what the, the offer was a bit of a formality. I mean, we're the ones that kind of reported the news but to me you fire someone this has been in the works really for a while the firing of someone so yeah to have a target lined up i mean this was this was um in the works you could tell and the speed at which everything's moving is really what has me surprised i didn't expect Mm -hmm. it to heat up like this until either closer to the ulm game or after the ulm game yeah well, for it to heat up as quickly as it did, it shows me that this has probably been in the works for a couple weeks. And, and that's so. and that was also probably telling of of where Texas A and M is. And we've you know, our Texas A and M site has reported this, and a lot of people have is that that, that A and M doesn't really have a, a plan B right now. I mean, Jimbo Fisher is where they have put all of their eggs into to that basket. So I think that's maybe is it fair to say that's why we're seeing seeing such a hurried uh, process from A and M because they're. They're wanting to put together an attractive offer and show they mean business. That's exactly what's going on. Um, A&M has a AD in there that is trying to make his first hire. You know, they have a new AD in there that's trying to make his first hire. He wants, I was told this a couple weeks ago, A&M wants to bring in a proven winner, um, preferably somebody that's won a national championship. So when you get to that level, you're only talking about a handful of coaches. And him and Jimbo have a personal relationship dating back about 10, 12 years to LSU. He has an in with Fisher. It's really Jimbo Fisher at the top. And then I'd say the next step down is a big one. And you're going to get to like Gary Patterson. And he, well, um, he just while, signed. Gary, while Gary Patterson does have experience, he's done a great job at TCU. Him and Fisher just, you know, they're not on the same tier. So what A&M's doing right now is just throwing the kitchen sink at Jimbo and going to try to make it real hard for him to say no or do something so outrageous that Florida State just says, y'all can have him. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to some key people last night after my report went out. Um, I got a good response. Well, in terms of like, I got some calls that were saying, you know, what you reported was dead on and FSU might not match. They might stand on the current contract that they've, renegotiated several times with him and just say, look, we signed you to a 10-year deal. You have $40 million guaranteed. We, you know, this is our, this is our offer. 
So we'll see. I think they're going to get creative. I think they're going to make a counter um, with, you know, some facility upgrades that were probably going to be in the plans anyway. But at this point, you know, as of this morning, still no decision has been made. And, and with that in mind, Josh, that there's, you know, with, with Jimbo, and this, this does seem a little bit different. There's more smoke to this than there have been in, in previous years. But this isn't the first time that we've we've heard Jimbo Fisher associated with other schools. It's been LSU two years in a row. Before that, it was Texas. I'm trying to go back. Auburn, uh, previously West Virginia. So, so this isn't the first time this has happened, um, but this does feel, I guess, a little bit different because uh, there is so much smoke. I think all of us on staff are hearing uh, similar reports. Uh, and I don't know, I guess, well, what Florida State can do at this point because, like you said, Josh, they're, they're throwing money at him. They already threw money at him. I don't know how much more they can put at it. Put at him other than facilities and maybe you know coaching, uh, you know more money in his assistant pool. But that's the cost of doing business. Like that's not anything that would be you know different for another coach that was here either. Uh, so I, I don't know what Florida State can do. Are you getting the sense that that people are either fed up, whether it's in the FSU administration, whether it's recruits being frustrated, not knowing what's going on, whether it's a fan base kind of wondering, you know, why is this happening every single year? Uh, I guess what are your uh, what are you hearing in, in regards to people just responding to? to I'll just rumors? respond to each what I'm hearing from each unit. All right, go down, go down, go down a line. So first of all, what I'm hearing, you know, the coaches they've been through this. I, I'm I'm told they're you know it's irritating mm-hmm. to deal with this. It stunts recruiting because it puts you in a bit of a pickle for the time being. Like I said, it's short lived. This will get resolved. This isn't going to hang up over the head forever. So coaches know that. Um, while I say it stunts recruiting, they went through this last year. They came out the other side after Jimbo stayed and picked up Joshua Kando, Marvin Wilson, Cam Akers, Trey McKitty, uh, 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 So, But, but that say, was, real quick, that was, I mean, that was all done by this time, like last year. And there wasn't an early signing period. I, mean, I do yeah, think that's I'm, worth mentioning. Saying, like, dirt, well, all that, you know, the week that that goes, you're kind of in limbo mm-hmm. on what, because you don't, it puts the coaches in a weird position because they don't really know what's going on. So what are they supposed to t- tell these recruits? Not like they don't those want guys to, lie have been to these recruiting. recruits and say, oh, nothing's going on. Jimbo ain't <laughs> anyway. going nowhere. And then they land somewhere else. So it puts coaches in a weird predi- predicament, but they're professionals and they'll work through it. They know it's not going to be forever. Um, recruits. Recruits right now are starting to scratch their head because yeah. they see the rumors. They see all this. Um, while there is contact with the coaches, like I said, what can the coaches really tell them uh, until they know for sure? Mm-hmm. So recruits are in limbo a little bit. Fans. Fans have dealt with this several times now. And for the first time, I think we're seeing sentiment toward Fisher start to sway in a, in a, towards the negative direction. Whereas in years past, fans either wanted to bury their head in the sand and ignore it. Um, say that there's no way he's leaving. And I get the sense this year we have a lot of fans saying, okay, enough is enough. If he wants to go, it's time to go. Um, so I think each group is kind of handling it differently. Did I miss any? No, I think that's – well, administration would be the other one. And, and I'll say this from my perspective, um, people I've talked to at FSU, I think, one, there's kind of a sense that they wouldn't be surprised by anything that happens now at this point. And two, uh, I don't want to, I don't know what the percentage of people that are in the administration that, that would be okay with him leaving, but, but there are people within the, within the athletic department that would be okay with Fisher leaving. Um, sure. for, for the reasons that you mentioned, I think that this is just kind of the, 
this has just happened too many times before, and Florida State has kind of put its best foot forward to give the coach what he wants and what he's deserved, frankly. Um, but I don't know how much more they can they can keep going. Yeah, and, and even if they do give him more, how does that ensure that this isn't going to happen again next year? Hey, man, you, you, give because, him, you give him else a cookie. Right, they've continued to give him more, and it, and it hasn't stopped this. And um, You don't hear it with Urban Meyer. You don't hear it with when Bob Stoops was at Oklahoma. You don't hear it with Nick Saban. Um, but why is it that every year it's not just a headline? I mean, it's a real coaching search taking place at Florida State. You know, there's real rumors flying around and there's real contact being made. So I don't know if Florida State is going to be willing to go back to the bargaining table only to think that this might just pop up again in the future. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm interested. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it, it is interesting times. I think we, we all thought December 3rd was going to be the most interesting day, kind of uh, Christmas Day as a lot of fans were looking forward to change. But now the timeline has been expedited, and obviously we knew when Texas A&M fired someone, things were going to start happening very, very quickly as they would move toward their number one choice. And you know, with Jimbo, he's had a wandering eye now for the last couple of years. He clearly feels that the grass is greener elsewhere. I, I personally feel like the difference between five and a half million and seven and a half million isn't a huge deal. Like for Jimbo, it's two million. Yes, that's significant, but. He wants a good situation. He wants facilities. He wants administrative support, booster money, everything all in. Here's what I want. Give it to me. And I think where he is with Florida State is I'm not sure I'm going to get that football-only building sooner. It's going to be later. And how much later is it? You know, They're in the feasibility study stage. Well, feasibility is just talk and planning. Jimbo, I think, as much as he's process-oriented, he wants the result now, and he, he can't get it now. So I think that's that's where Jimbo is. I think he's really, really uncertain about, is Florida State going to make my dreams come true? I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of what Bob just said. He wants an endless piggy bank with an AD that beckons to his every call, which I don't think he feels <laughs> like. Texas A&M. <laughs> which I don't think he feels like he has at FSU. Texas A&M prints money to burn, and FSU has to raise money to do things. There's a difference between the two. Um, at the end of the day, I, you know, Jimbo, it is what it is. It's become an annual tradition, kicking the Gators' ass, eating Thanksgiving dinner, Jimbo coaching rumors. It's the three things I expect the last weekend of every November of my life for the last several years. And constipation after so, Thanksgiving dinner. So it's just sort of what it is. Roll with the punches. I think the difference between the LSU rumors and Texas A&M rumors is that you're dealing with a AD who actually has his stuff together. Yeah, you're not which dealing with an AD who's an to, idiot to Jimbo Fish, who right? has a pretty checkered past, like you did with LSU. You're dealing with a guy who has a relationship with Jimbo, which I've been told is a good relationship. Therefore, the phone would be picked up, a conversation may be had. That's the point I think we're at. I think a lot of people are jumping off the bridge, saying he's automatically going. I'm not among those. I. I think you know what Josh reported that last night on Sunday night that the offer was there and the ball was in Florida State's court. I mean that's true to an extent, but there's only I, I think we all know this that there's only so much Florida State can do. Ultimately, this is in Jimbo Fisher's court. Like if he knows what the what what the offer is from Texas A&M, which he does, and of everything we've heard, it's really really attractive. Not just from the standpoint of you know dollar figures for him, but for what it would mean for his personal life, uh, getting all his family together there for. 
uh, having you know pretty much an endless payroll for assistance, for having facilities, all these things that mean a lot to him and, and be able to have success personally and, and uh, as a football coach. Um, he obviously then has to weigh that with a place where he feels comfortable. He knows a place at Florida State, they value him. Uh, he knows what the upside is at Florida State. Um, and I think he just has to kind of way, I guess, what's more important to him at this point. I mean, this, is, this is ultimately his decision because I think we've seen what Florida State can do. I think we know this is kind of what it is at this point. But here is what isn't attractive. Texas A&M is a second-tier school compared to Florida State mm-hmm. when it comes to football. LSU is a better job yeah. offer than Texas A&M. LSU is a better school than Texas A&M from a football standpoint. LSU doesn't have the AD that Texas A&M has. Yeah. You put the AD from Texas A&M at LSU, that's a much more attractive job offer than it was with Joe Oliva making it. I, I will say this, and this is speculative on my part. You give someone with the ego of Jimbo Fisher and the I mean, proven, I mean, he's deserved ego for the most part, um, the ability to say, okay, here's your endless payroll. You have anything, you, all the toys you would ever want. And we're going to put you in Texas and your talent evaluation blended with the amount of support we'd be able to give you to to pick, you know, in, in one of the most talent-rich states and the widest, most roaming state for, for high school prospects in the country. Uh, plus, with his Florida ties, I mean, basically, he would look at that as a playground, and it's it's a, right. it's a blank canvas. But what about but what about FSU's ego? I think that comes into play heavily here as well. Um, and what I mean by that is. The only like I feel like the the one of the key reasons why they keep negotiating with Fisher and giving him more and more is ego. They don't want to feel like they're losing a coach to a SEC program or a, 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 a Jimbo's making a lateral slash downward move. To me, I don't feel like coaches are soulmates of a program. Like I don't feel like Jimbo Fisher is the only coach in America that can come in and make Florida State a winner. So why does Florida State continue to bow down? To me, that's ego. Just like Jimbo Fisher has ego, I think FSU's ego is getting in the way. Let Fisher walk. I guarantee you there's other people that can come into Florida State and, and, and win ball games here. So I think to an extent, when is enough enough with Florida State and their ego? Well, I, I agree that I think at some point you have to say no to certain parameters while still improving your football program overall. But a bird in hand is better than going out and hiring a new bird. There's been plenty of very good coaches, guys that me and you would value, hired at very good universities who failed miserably. While FSU could certainly go hire somebody else who could have a great deal of success, immense success, bring a fourth national championship to the school, they could just as highly, just as likely go out and hire somebody who fails miserably and does poorly. With Jimbo Fisher, you know what you have. You know you have a coach who is a capable recruiter, who has won at the highest level at your school, who has produced NFL draft picks, who can run a program top to bottom and has the ability to run a program, given he may need to fine-tune some of the things he's doing and running that program currently, but you know he's capable. He's done it for nearly a decade. He transitioned the program from its dark days to what became, you know, 2013 being the height. So there's a lot of reasons to keep a guy that you know can do it at the location he's at instead right. of going to hire somebody and seeing if it works out because – there's always, with any coaching hire, Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A&M does not guarantee Texas A&M success. It guarantees right. that they hired a coach who had past success. Same for FSU. If they were to have to go into the job market, go hire somebody, they hire somebody who's had a great deal of success, it does not guarantee they're going to have success at FSU. But at some point, doesn't cost outweigh value? 
Well, I think that's where presidents and ADs, and in FSU's case, where the president with Thrasher having a relationship he has with Fisher, there has to be that conversation had of your contract is structured in a manner that makes you as competitive from a pay standpoint as anybody in this country. We will continue to improve your facilities. We will continue to try to improve your staff, the ability to hire staff, the ability to expand staff. Those are things that are natural order in football business. But it comes to your hierarchy, having to have some balls and stepping up and having that conversation. And if Jimbo doesn't like what he hears, then yeah, of course he could go down the street and do something else. But there's some give and take here. It's not FSU has done nothing but give in recent years. At this point, when you're dealing with a six and or I'm sorry, five and six football team. Yeah, don't give them that win. Yeah, I'm sorry, five and six football team and that coach. There has to be some level of give and take, and I think there's enough common sense among the adults in the room that that would be understood. Now, the endless piggy bank, the AD who's going to bend over backwards, a relationship that might be better, those things may all be appealing and appeasing. But at the same time, you're going to a program that you're basically going to have to start to climb up the mountain again with while you're at a program where you've been to the peak of that mountain. Uh, here, I mean, the best case yeah, the best case for Florida State at, at this point, as we're talking about this on Monday morning, was it November 27th? Jimbo Fisher goes in and has continuous conversations with administration realizes, one, okay, this is as much money as I'm going to get currently, but he's okay with the administration saying, okay, we're going to throw money for you to upgrade your assistant pool and to get another crack at that. And for Jimbo Fisher to then go out and make the right hires, for them to go forward with a football-only facility or, or whatever makes the program more attractive in his mind. Um, so Florida State's perspective is you're keeping a coach who's proven commodity, who you know can do it at this program, uh, while – you know, keeping him here in the, in the guise of, of you are upgrading the facilities and the program around him as well. I think that's the best case for Florida State at this point. I don't think Jimbo Fisher going is ultimately what would be the best case for Florida State. Now, it does mean you don't have attractive options and other coaches or ideas in place. I mean, this, this program is betting, you know, what happens if he leaves right now. We know that. Uh, but I still think you're better off with Jimbo Fisher than without. Uh, and it's just a matter of him accepting that, okay, right now financially, this is all I've got. Um, but you know, Florida State can make the concession of here's here's the financial support around you uh, that that you're then investing into your program more than you are investing into your coach. I agree. All right, I gotta get off. I'm gonna uh, go post this insider. Well, hold on one quick second. Let's answer the one question that everybody wants answered. Does he stay or does he go? Don't look at me. I don't want the pressure to answer first. What, Josh, you want to take it first so you can get out of here? What's your quick answer? Do you expect him to be at FSU? Do you expect him to depart and potentially end up at A&M? Oh, man. I I mean, my gut kind of says he goes. I'll just leave it at that. That's just my gut. I, I'm not getting – I talk to a lot of people. Um, my gut says he goes, but we'll see. All right. Bye, Josh. Bye. I think he stays. Um, I, I, I think that ultimately, you know, he wants to see what he can get. Um, I, I just don't see a scenario in which you say no to LSU, and I understand the warts there. A scenario in which you say LSU, no to LSU two years in a row, and you pick Texas A&M or Florida State. Unless things have just uh, just deteriorated so much upstairs in, in the athletic department between him and, and people in there to where he just doesn't think he can work here anymore, which I haven't heard that's necessarily the case. I know it's not uh, paradise, but I haven't heard that it's a relationship that, that is beyond repair. Um, I think he stays ultimately. I, w- 
I would love for a fresh start for us to cover something different and a coach that doesn't like hate us all the time. Like that would be cool. Just per- don't go getting up in your feelings. No, I want to. I want to talk about this. Don't get up in your feelings. I would. I would enjoy something different. But for this program, I think it's best for Jimbo Fisher to stay, and I think Jimbo Fisher knows that too. It's best for him to stay, to to continue working on what he has here. I feel like Auburn was the more difficult job to keep Jimbo from chasing. I, that I would thought have made Auburn, real interesting. if they had lost to Alabama on yeah. Saturday, you could have seen the scenario pretty quickly where Auburn shows Gus the door and says, you can't beat Alabama. We're going after the guy who knows Nick really well, and we're bringing in Jimbo. Now the question becomes, I think Jimbo may, might want to say, do I hang out one more week and see if Auburn loses to Georgia? And see if that job comes well, that's open. That's why we had originally heard. prefer to have their fan base cares over more about beating Bama than winning the SEC championship. I agree, but I think what job does Jimbo at the end of the day prefer, and would he want to have for the next decade? I still say Jimbo's a guy at fifty-two who is no longer the young assistant who is kind of being pursued, and maybe he can hop a job every few years. He was at Florida State for for now more than a decade. Now he needs to see where am I going to be, where do I want to be for the next decade? Where do I want my kids to go through high school and graduate? Where do I feel comfortable? Who's going to give me the financial support? I'm still not sold that A&M is the spot, the dream job that Jimbo covets. I'm so so that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a he stays, right? I would I say he Chris's stays. Question. In, in the argument of A&M or FSU, You're I say to answer like Jimbo FSU. Bob, Bob, just, can't, Bob, just, can't, Bob just can't say Says yes or no. Says a lot no. of words, doesn't actually answer. Bob, Bob thinks he stays. My answer is he stays, but yeah. if Auburn comes open, oh, a caveat. then I think he goes to Auburn instead. I expect to be covering Jimbo Fisher at Florida State next year. I think Jimbo <laughs> Fisher is... I think Jimbo Fisher is the Bob Stoops of FSU. He's going to be here for another decade or so. He's going to retire fairly young. He's going to make a hell of a lot of money along the way, win a lot of football games. It is what it is. I'm tired of the annual tradition of dealing with coaching rumors and all that. But Jimbo Fisher, I would be very surprised if he left Florida State for Texas A&M. There's very few jobs, very few situations I believe he would leave for. And while A&M's appealing with the endless piggy bank and an AD where the relationship would be better for Jimbo, I don't believe that's the job that he departs FSU for. It would just be considering the other opportunities that he's had, which is being terrible mismanaging, you know, mismanaging his, his opportunities and not playing his hand well. The only the only thing I think, and again, this is this is more not even it's it's more speculation than anything. Is if he looks and say, is what I have right now at Florida State, did I screw it up irreversibly? So, or is it to the point where it would just be so tedious to have to? To gut a staff, to get players in here and change the culture around and do it again, like, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is to that. But that's the only reason why, if a fresh start is appealing, that is the ultimate fresh start. It's a place that has high expectations, but once if you win ten games a year, like he does at Florida State, like you're in good shape and you have the the open checkbook. FSU has a better roster in Texas A&M today. Yes, FSU is a better university to recruit for than Texas A&M is today. The ability to turn around FSU and turn around Texas A&M at where they're at today is much easier at FSU. Yeah, but he's already turned around Florida State. Yeah, but... I, but as I'm saying, can you do it again? And, I, uh, I don't and know. That, that's, that's one of those questions we've discussed. It's yeah. incredibly difficult, and it's difficult for any coach to do it twice at the same place. That's just something proven time and time again over college athletics history. But they can be good again. Yeah. Maybe not, you know, 14, 15-0 and 0 with the playoff system, but they can be a very good football team that's a 10-plus win team consistently again. Yeah. And to me, 
Jimbo's career in a lot of ways is starting to parallel what we saw with Bob Stoops' career. Mm-hmm. I felt that way earlier in the year. I feel that way now with this situation. I definitely feel that way. And I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Stoops being discussed many a time for the Florida opening, sort of in the middle, the midst, the middle of his Oklahoma career yeah. in a similar manner. As a, I do remember him with Florida. I don't remember how. And he stayed, and but, Florida's a better job than Texas A&M. And, yeah, and he had ties to... Right. to the, um, there was truly a report late one night as I was on deadline at the newspaper that Stoops had taken the job at Florida. It had <laughs> gotten so hot and heavy, reports had gotten out, and it had been published by some of the state newspapers. Was that an erroneous Jeremy Foley link? Leak? Link? Link? This is before it, there were links. Was, Bob, was, Bob was uh, using a printing press to yeah. get the uh, the Democrat off the ground back back in the Hot 1820s. Type. It, it yeah. was it was sourced, but but there were truly reports on the wire late at nights that that he was gone. See, we're we're in a vacuum as well, like us covering this team, to where like we're super hypersensitive to the rumors that come up you know, every year, and I think they are excessive uh, at any level. Like, but this does happen. It, it, you know, Josh said it was. Bob Stoops, you didn't have to deal with like you did have to deal with this at other programs. This is just every freaking year. Yeah, and that's the point where where I just say, if I'm a Florida State fan and you guys know I'm I'm not, but like I just screw off, man. Like at a certain point, like we've given you what we can, and, and you're asking for the fans to support you no matter what. Well, how about you, you be loyal no matter what? Yeah, and uh, I, th- that's I understand the frustration that some fans would have with this coaching rumor mill this year. I'm just tired of the some of the bullshit, and it's just incredible the toxic environment. Is everything hunky-dory? Hell no. Never mm-hmm. is. But I don't think that's true of any of that athletic department. No. Jimbo Fisher has an excellent relationship with the president of the university. Yeah. He has a working relationship with the AD. Jimbo Fisher's a hard man to work with. I don't think either of them are going to sit across from the table yeah. with each other and have a great conversation. But I also don't think they're incapable of being in the same room together. Yeah. It's not toxic. It's not toxic. The use no. of the word toxic is just playing up to your fan base if you're an opposing fan yeah. base. It's stupid. It's idiotic. The belief that FSU is cheap? Hell no. The books don't tell that story. Mm-hmm. FSU is not cheap. They may not be stupid with their money, and they may not have stupid money, but they're not cheap. They spend. FSU's staff is a very highly paid staff. FSU's facilities are in the upper tier of facilities. But that- FSU's willingness to up the game is there. It has been. That is one thing Jimbo forced their hand with, but yeah. they followed suit by doing it. There's just so much. I mean, Booger McFarland goes on the radio on ESPN this morning talking yeah. about a bad marriage. Booker, when's the last time you covered an FSU game? When's the last time you were at FSU? When's the last time you had a conversation with people within FSU? Yeah. Why are you spewing stuff that just increases the knowledge that people don't truly have of this program? But but going off what you said, Chris, about the one Jimbo forcing the hand of this administration to to go all in on the football program. They like, have. They have. I'm not denying that, but I'm saying at what point then does that buy them something for Jimbo Fisher Well, that goes to stop to, this shit every single year? That goes year. back to the conversation we had when Josh was on, that there's people within this administration, mm-hmm. and in this case I would say primarily Thrasher, yeah. that need to have that adult conversation of our cards on the table. Yeah. It is clear we want to be a winning program. We want to do what it takes to be a we winning We want to be a winning program with you. They've made we that very clear. We will raise ticket prices. We will raise booster fees. We will push to have more increase in pay from boosters. Mm-hmm. We are going to build your staff. We're going to give you more support. We're going to build a football ops facility. We're going to continue the arms race of facilities. We are in that. We're in that boat. We're flown across the river in that boat, have been for years. And I think at some point that has to be accepted. accepted. And if Jimbo Fisher believes he needs more than what FSU's willing to put in that boat, then, well, hell, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do about it. I, I just, I'm very humored by the segment of people that believe FSU needs to, do, like, go above and beyond what they're doing to keep Jimbo Fisher. 
they're continually working to go above and beyond what they're doing, yeah. and they're keeping a good pace with what they need to be doing to be a ultra-competitive college football program. Yep. Sometimes in life, and it could be with a professional relationship, could be a personal one, like sometimes something just runs its course too, and, yep. and that's okay. Like, you know, that that's fine. I've been in relationships for years, but and I don't, I don't think the ends. end of that race is... College Station, Texas. Well, that's just, you know, you're dating a nice quality girl and you find the, the bimbo with, with big boobies and then you realize that that's not all it's cracked up to be. I'm not talking from personal experience. Are you trying to call Texas a and sugar daddy? Yes. Well, no, I mean, that would make Jimbo the, the bimbo with big boobies. They're going to search case. for your address on the <laughs> No, um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Come burn down my house. It sucks. There's a leak all over the place. I'll take the insurance money and start fresh. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. Um, can we can we, we indulge a, a therapeutic like five minutes for me to talk about uh, media stuff? Is that okay? You want to get in your feelings? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, is that okay? Will you guys? You be used my, to make fun of me for being dead inside, and I think you're starting to understand why I'm so dead inside. Well, I have. Fe- I mean, I'm the opposite. I'm just in my feelings all the time. Your body language, by the way, has improved remarkably since we started this podcast. Less rusty bitch face. Yeah, happiness. and you don't have resting bitch face. You just uh, have no, I no. I was. You didn't let me finish the analogy you before. Me RBF. I said, you know how some people have RBF. Yeah, I was going to say you were just like uh, resting grumpy ass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, R- dude, RGA. Five minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right, five, five minutes. minutes. I'm putting the timer on it now. How many? Bob has like six uh, different wor- no. like numbers for his password. I have four. It's one, two, three, four. Go. All right. So <laughs> Chris is literally leaving the conversation. I need help therapizing. All right. So on Saturday, Jimbo Fisher uh, had this. <clears throat> it's the same almost, a, you know, it's a verbatim. It's like he's something he's rehearsed to, to go after the media and the local media specifically and saying that everyone's, you know, chasing clicks, which we are in a society where clicks matter and they define how much we get paid. And that does happen. Um, that, that's true. But, but the implication that, that people are either making stuff up or don't know what they're talking about. And it wasn't our publication that he was taking shots at. It was Gene Williams at Warchant. It was Soffit at the Orlando Sentinel. Bianchi. I wrote, it, it was um, Bianchi. You know, so, it, I mean, it's this isn't me feeling personally attacked. This is more, you know, him calling out colleagues that I know are typically, like, I, I, I trust what they're saying, that at least they're not making shit up. Like, they're just not grasping at straws. Uh, so the implication that people are just making stuff up and then, and then throwing it to be a general accusation of this entire industry and to say that, that we don't know what we're talking about uh, because we've never coached before or played the game before. I've done both, not at a very good level, but I have done both. Uh, and I know you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have gone to, a, you know, every single, you know, be a renowned artist, you know, go to art school to be a good artist. You don't have to have gone to some kind of Cordon Bleu Academy or whatever it is to be able to be a good cook. Like, like I don't need a, a a PhD in football to say that five and six with this roster ain't very good. Like that, your record is it's more than I could ever say about your program right now. Uh, but I don't like the implication of of calling out the media about making stuff up. And here's where I'll finish the rant. It's, that's fine to to hold people accountable and say you don't like something or what's being written. That's completely fine and within your you know it's, that, that's within your realm of a human being to not be happy when someone attacks you professionally. Because I'm doing the same thing. Man, you can't bitch about people writing stuff with coaching rumors when you've cashed in on those, on those quote-unquote rumors that you've let the fans be flamed by not saying anything. You have a small fortune, uh, you know, $40 million that you're, you're owed at least. 
uh, and that your family is going to be well off, you know, for, for a while um, because of, of what the things the media are writing about. It just, it just you know, plays both sides of the fence. And I just want people to be aware of, of you know, see the transparency in that. For someone who want, does not want to talk about coaching rumors, he really wants to talk about how it is covered and how it is handled and who handles it. You're not a journalist. You don't right know. Wrong. You've never you've never written before. You know, I mean, you can't say what's... He, he's better. be five and a half million. I'll, I'll be so much better at this job than well, I Well, as like Corey Clark said, I didn't sign up for this. And Jimbo said, no shit. Well, you did sign up. Literally in your contract, you have to deal with us. Like, that is written in black and white. I, I just... It's just petulant and childish. And that's it. I just... I, 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 you feeling better? No, I'm angrier right we now. We should have brought a couch in and let you lay it on it while you did this segment. <sighs> I mean, we're, we're three minutes in now, and I don't know if I have any more momentum going on for this. Well, we saved everybody on the podcast two minutes. I mean, <laughs> you wrapped it up pretty quick. Just don't be an ass to people, man. I don't know. That's it. That's it. Just don't be an ass I, to people. Be decent. The one thing I get to it at all is, in the end, the coaching rumors can be kept alive or squashed entirely by the individual that's involved in the said coaching rumors. And yeah. I understand he comes from a coaching tree where a guy once said, I'm not leaving this job, and then he left that job. So I understand why you don't want to you know, close the book on it if you're not ready to close the book on it. But there is something to not saying anything about something that there is something to. Yeah. And we all listen. We, we wrote about but it. at the same time, people need to accept that he's going to operate in a certain manner. Yeah. This isn't our first rodeo with dealing with this. He's been the same with all of them. I guarantee if he doesn't say something today during the call-in show, he's going to give some comment about, I love FSU. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Same thing he did with the LSU thing. But he it's hasn't. Come, that's one thing I think that's worth noting. Um two things let's start off with that that last year the LSU I forget where that was and I got to go back and look at what point in the rumors because the LSU stuff started early because Miles was let go early and that was this was all done by Thanksgiving time because he was talking about you know after the Florida game last year about loving Florida State Um, and he had said I love Florida State at points last year he hasn't come out and said I love Florida State this year this just had a different tone man and, and I don't know if it's just him being more combative with uh, people covering the team the ones asking the questions well the difference between last year and this year is at that point last year he was a 9-3 and three football yeah. coach and at this point this year he's a 5-6 and six football coach mm-hmm. I mean it's a different environment it's a different atmosphere around the program I think that's a big part of it yeah. Jimbo's not happy with the media I mean we all sit there and there's you know a certain tenseness on Mondays when we're chatting with him and stuff mm-hmm. It is what it is. We're doing our job. He's doing his job. We don't have to like each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's an understood part of the relationship. So I, I don't get bent out of shape over it. I truthfully really don't care either which way. I'm of the opinion he's staying at Florida State, and that opinion is somewhat informed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he goes into those rants, I just kind of think in my head, what question do I want to ask next or what else needs to be asked in this press conference? I don't I don't pay much mind to that rant. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He can have getting it off his chest, saying what he wants, and in some cases there's some truth to it, and in some cases it's just a guy ranting on a podium because he's given a podium. Mm-hmm. That that's the way I view it. I don't really, you know, I don't have a whole lot of feelings on it because I'm dead inside. But you know, hey, that is what it is. Resting, grumpy ass, Christney. Do we want to talk about? Florida game at all? I mean, we're 35 minutes into this bad boy. Um, can I, I talk about that? Quick thoughts. Sure. I mean, that, I, I'm always down for talking about how FSU beats the hell out of They beat guys, the hell out of Florida. That may have been the worst Power 5 team that Florida State has faced this year, right? Is that fair to say? Marty Cohen, who falls under the same umbrella as Bob, wrote a very good article on the Florida side about never again. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it, it was senior day. The stadium was half filled for the senior day ceremony. 
FSU just whooped the heck out of Florida. The scoreboard doesn't indicate how much FSU really, truly dominated that game. And the amazing thing is they dominated it with doing very little to nothing on offense. And no, the, the defense just, finally capitalized I mean, on some stuff. Yeah, It was it was a lopsided affair. And it was good to see the defense really fire off on all cylinders. They were very, very good at all phases, all levels. Other than Matthew Thomas's weird moment of diving, <laughs> from, which I think we all got a good chuckle out of, and kind of does, does one play, yeah, does, does, and embodies that dude's career, yeah. like just. Ugh, God. And then offensively, there were moments. I thought Patrick played a hell of a game, ran yeah. really hard, finished things really well, was a big piece of the puzzle. Auden Tate's catch was a phenomenal catch, really good job, especially for a guy who's playing on one good arm. I mean, do you remember when we were asking? Jimbo about Matthew Thomas questions in the beginning of the year whether he was going to be like think about how long ago that was it's just that's, that's crazy to me that that was the talking point and look at where we are now with yeah. the big picture stuff it was something that was so oh god this is going to ruin FSU's championship run he's been available for every game <laughs> Gainesville was uh, an interesting place Saturday though like Florida fans were very much just seemed done with it I mean I think they were deflated walking in the stadium with the Chip Kelly stuff coming about that morning with UCLA <laughs> because they had built up the hopes and dreams of getting their number one candidate which so few schools do I mean UCLA did but that's about the only one so far this offseason that's had that kind of success but on the field I mean FSU just kind of took it to them and I man that officiating was dog shit uh, it was Ooh, not, that was not, not well done I have um, not confusing. seen so much grabbing of jerseys in my life with no calls and it was both ways but man Florida Florida figured it out early that they are not going to call holding, so we're going to do it like crazy. And they were just confused. I mean, the whole Ermon Lane, um, Dontavious Jackson, five debacle was weird. It was just stupid. You mentioned the Florida fans, uh, because I went down before a few minutes left in the game to go get a video of of, them hoisting the gator head and doing the the sod captain and all that good stuff. And uh, and at that point, it was the fourth quarter. Florida fans were leaving. And they weren't mad. They weren't hurrying out. Like, I saw a couple taking a sad selfie together. Like, it was just complete resignation of, like, what your shitty-ass program is, which is just shit right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. Like, Florida State, like, you know, I got the S&P Plus rankings. Florida State is 64th right now. Florida is 86. I mean, just look like a team that was a tier above uh, what, what the other team was. I mean, I... I you know, people wanting to make a – to say, you know, FSU has figured stuff out. Like, I mean, it's good that things haven't completely bottomed out and there's some credit that I think you, you give the, the head coach for that. But, you know, you've – listen, you've beaten Syracuse. You've beaten Delaware State, which fired its coach after three wins and three seasons with him. And AD, right? Did they get rid of, of her so too? Um, and then you beat Florida, which is uh, – yeah, it was a battle of the fire dumpsters and one burnt, you know, or dumpster fires and one 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 dumpster burnt a little a little brighter on Saturday. I, I don't know. I mean, it's encouraging that the, I think one thing Jimbo has said this the last couple of weeks, and I and I agree with him wholeheartedly. His confidence makes a big deal. Maybe you had you know ULM earlier in the year, like shit's different, but it, it, it didn't happen, and you you lost your team for a little bit, or at least lost they lost their way of how to win games. And now the record again says that. Uh, the metrics say that everything says that the optics say it, um, but beats the alternative, right? Like they are at least winning games now. And five straight wins over Florida. I mean, yeah, I mean you've something. never seen this in program history and series history since 1958. It's a big deal to dominate your opponent five straight times, and the number of offensive touchdowns that Florida's had in the last three games is what one. Randy Shannon did what Jim McElwain couldn't do. It's, I thought what was also 
stunning and, and kind of hilarious was was the biggest applause on senior day was for the punter Johnny for Townsend. John Townsend. <laughs> the heck of a punter. Well, the the, 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 F, the sorry the UF beat writers uh, were like, well, yeah, obviously, absolutely, that guy should get the, the loudest uh, ovation of anyone. I had to cover that kid's recruitment. Oh, that was a weird. That was weird shit. Like, like he, they had a, they had a signing day ceremony for him at Boone High School in Orlando, and um, essentially, like it was, he was supposed to go to Ohio State, and then I guess it fell through last minute, and then they canceled the signing day ceremony, and then they want us to come back later on signing day. Which, when you're covering preps, like signing day is a busy day. I wasn't going back for the punter. Speaking of the putridness of Florida's offense, first offensive touchdown against FSU since 2014. First rushing touchdown since 2012 Woo! against FSU. The most impressive thing to me as a child, I, I mean, I grew up going to FSU games. I grew up in Jackson, so still obviously a around a lot of Florida fans. Grew up going to the Swamp quite often. The Swamp was as intimidating as they get. I remember the 97 game there, and my Lord, was it loud. I was a you know, 14-year-old kid at a game. FSU had a shot at doing big things that year. Florida upset them, and that place was deafening. And it was hostile. It isn't that anymore. And FSU's ability to win four straight there is unheard of. I mean, that's that that's a bad sign for Florida football that that place has kind of diminished in its value of what it once was. Because it, it has the capability. It's a box. It's loud. It bounces noise back and forth. It's packed. It's a rabid fan base. It's a fan base that desires greatness. And, you know. It was a decent-sized crowd, too. now for, what, eight years? 09 was the last real good team for them at this point. So They don't have a whole lot to cheer about. It's kind of rough. But that, I mean, that crowd was pretty decent, and I would say, I mean, it wasn't you know sellout, but but it wasn't empty. Either. I do find it funny when FSU does the war chant when they're and when FSU's on defense, that Florida fans boo the war chant, making it therefore louder. Louder. Than the yeah, it's not really. I, I just. I mean, fans. There's not a great thought process going into that. No, no, it's it's not. But you know that that happens. Um, Good times. Right. Fans, fans get in the moment. I, I, I don't know. Every fan base does something stupid this, sometimes. This has been a great podcast. We had Josh Newberg on. He even put a shirt on. He put a shirt on, on for it. Pod. Mm-hmm. We had you get all up in your feelings. I mean, that's just every day. Bob talked about his home away from home games so far a little bit. And you're, you're my, smiling my now. improved drastically. drastically. No more RBS. Yes. This was therapeutic. This was good times. I feel we like. do this again. Probably not, though. All right, so I'm trying to think of how to sign off here. God, I wish one of us was like good at radio or was able to kind of guide this better. Honestly, it should be you, Chris, but you're just... You're trying to say I have a face made for radio? You have a body made for radio. Man, that hurts. <laughs> Yo, so as we're recording this, it's Monday. Uh, we'll probably, we probably will do another podcast later in the week, uh, likely because I think in the next 72 hours we'll have clarity of what the situation is. Uh, three out of four of us think... You know, Jimbo Fisher is likely staying, you know, not to speak for Josh. He did say that he thought he was going. Um, Josh is super excited right now, too. Like, this is this is his realm. Is Well, when you haven't had any recruiting to cover. For that's Bible, true. So you you kind of sit dormant. He found a cave to just go to sleep in for a few weeks. He's awoken from slumber, and Daddy's hungry. Yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah this is this is his this is his realm. So, you know, I think right now it's kind of where we're at. We think, you know, likelihood is that Fisher stays. Uh, but I think what we can all say for sure is, like, right now it's up in the air, and that's that's fair to say. That's Jimbo's yeah, doing. Yeah, we certainly think yeah. the A&M stuff's legitimate. Yep. It's, yep. it's not uh, just for headlines. Yeah. Nope. Not just for hits, Jimbo. And on that, I'm Brendan Snow with the Knowles 24-7 Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you when we have something more to talk about.